Welcome to <laughs> Don't Listen to Us, episode number 27. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. You're in a mood today, aren't you? Go ahead, say it. Keep going. Come on. <laughs> not answering you. We And by not answering me, that proves I'm right. No, it doesn't. It does? No, it doesn't. Do you wanted me to mention that uh, yesterday, today, uh, this is the first weekend of... The a uh, fall, a fall. Yes. Now, do you call it fall in Australia or autumn? Autumn. 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 Um, autumn is always to us. I think here in North America, a, a more formal way of saying. Whereas fall is just that's what that's. No, fall isn't isn't commonly used in Australia. No. Okay. <clears throat> and for you Australians, this is going to mess me up forever. I think autumn is spring. Here, yes. No, no. In Australia, autumn is spring. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Weather-wise, autumn. This weekend Australia. would be the first weekend of spring in Australia. Do you, uh, do you call it spring? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. This <laughs> we call it spring. <laughs> Well, that's why it always confuses me so much, because I know it should be easy to figure out, hey, dummy, the seasons are just flipped, that's all, but it's still conceptually really, really hard in my brain to think that September, my entire life, September has meant fall. Yes. I mean, it's always been going back to school, it, it means fall, it means leaves fall and that kind of stuff, but in Australia, when we go, it'll be spring. And it'll, that'll be that'll really mess with my head. It'll be new life. It'll be more heat. It will be more beach time and more <laughs> swimming. And oh, it's so hard. It'll be so difficult. As we often do uh, today, it is uh, partly cloudy and 14 degrees Celsius here in uh, uh, Gibson's Canada, which is about 60 degrees, I think. And in uh, Newcastle, Australia, it is, uh, oh, well, 14 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Yeah, but so that's good. I, I like when it's the same because it <laughs> makes me feel so much better when we when we have when we have the same temperatures here and in Australia because it just makes me feel it's a fit for our American friends. It's fifty eight degrees. It's a little rainy at back home right today. Yeah. Yep. Is that and well, that's not unusual. Spring. Oh no, yeah, no. Same here. Beginning of spring is the rainy. It can be the rainy season. Yeah, just a little bit, and then the rest of the week's going to be beautiful. Yes. I already checked. Well, here and there. Yes. So. Yeah, it's True. gonna. It's it, that definitely the thing that's gonna mess me up is because spring always September for at least me. I don't know if anyone else feels this way. Is the beginning of the dread. <laughs> oh, that's just sad. <laughs> I know it really is, isn't it? Oh, I'm yeah. There, there's that period of time. Um, I don't know if we can still say it this way, but in, when I was a kid in Nova Scotia, you look forward to that Indian summer. Where it was that fake summer after the first couple of weeks of school, you went back to school, and then a couple of weeks you'd have nice weather. It'd be chilly in the mornings, mm -hmm. uh, but it'd be usual, beautiful days, sunny, and and especially and the exactly, especially on on the east coast, uh, much more. Excuse me, much more so so than the, here on the west coast of Canada or or uh, America. Um, the fall colors are just spectacular, mm -hmm. but there was always that thing the fall colors meant those trees were going to be denuded of leaves in a couple of weeks or months and then the winter doldrums were going to hit in for us in nova scotia in like late september early october mm. and then it was going to go that way until april 
Mm-hmm. So September was always just a, a little bit of dread because mm-hmm. you knew you, this was it. Enjoy this because come October, now there was many a time when I was a kid in Nova Scotia, you would be trick or treating in your snowsuit because oh, it, yeah. it was so cold. Oh, well, yes, yes, I remember doing that with the boys. But in the here, it's rain, it's trying to keep. Warm still because of the damp, yeah. and the damp gets right down to your bones. Yeah, I we, feel yeah, we've talked about that before, too. We got a couple of emails from folks, as always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. We got one email from our friend Jason Painter in Sydney, Australia, and Jason has an actual advice email. He actually needs advice. Oh, why he sends it to us, I don't know. I don't know, Jason, but what, sure. And I'm really interested in this when I read this. Initially, I was, I'm really fascinated by what my wife is going to say to this, what her reaction is going to be. So listen, I have a friend that I've known since 2003. We shared a mutual love of Apple products at the time, having bought a third-gen iPod within a week of each other. We've been Apple users all this time. These days, he hates what Apple is doing and thinks Tim Cook is an idiot and needs to be gotten rid of. It's causing a rift between us because I don't feel the same way. I follow the Apple rule closely, and I think that I understand Apple's motivations with what they're doing, and it makes sense to me. The new products, of course, set him off. He complained about the prices and says he wouldn't get another iPhone. He could get an Android phone for a fraction of the cost. I think a lot of it is that his edge case geek desires and needs aren't being catered to anymore. Like all geeks, he's angry about it. Do you have any advice on how to talk about Apple without us getting upset? I don't choose to talk about it with him, but it inevitably comes up and he challenges me. So I need to understand, sorry, what doesn't feed the geekiness in him anymore? One of the issues that a lot of nerdy, geeky types, and I don't mean that pejoratively, have with Apple, especially since Steve Jobs came back, so let's say from 2001, is that Apple is no longer making products targeted at a specific audience, the the nerdy, geeky things. You don't follow this, but uh, people will uh, immediately point to uh, uh, Apple's biggest computer, the Mac Pro, and it's not what nerds and geeks really want. It's more of a consumer-level product. I know I'm generalizing, so don't anyone send me emails about that. The issue is Apple, when they were the underdog, fed a certain need, want, desire of the other group of underdogs, the nerds and the geeks. And as Apple has progressed from being that small, scrappy little company into a multi-million, billion-dollar company, the world's first trillion-dollar valuation company, a lot of these people believe that Apple has left them behind. They've Apple isn't making products for them anymore. So basically, how do you talk to a friend? How do you have a conversation with a friend who isn't going to, I don't say be reasonable, but... Who's going to argue about it with you all the time? Well, I think it's hard to argue with a prima donna. It's hard to argue with somebody that has a chip on their shoulder. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have a healthy debate. But what if the other person doesn't want to have a healthy debate? One of the issues we have nowadays is that healthy debate is gone. We can't have healthy debates among people of opposite feelings anymore. 
it's a it's a it's function of our society, and not I'm not pointing at Trump for this, but it's certainly been leading up to this probably for the last ten years. You haven't been able to to pleasantly disagree with somebody. It's always an argument. My friend Ted Landau said on Twitter this morning, as a matter of fact, that you you can't do that anymore because it's always a function of. I just get the quote for. From Ted, Ted said, political debate is dead. There's just your side versus my side, mm-hmm. and your side deserves to die. It's very sad because that, to me, is the end of a very important era that yes. needs to come back Absolutely. in all aspects yep. of our life. But political is where it will begin yep. because that's modeled to us as a, I don't know, I seem to be reflecting in my mind of those incredible you know, Charles Dickens, Jane Austen, those, those incredible books literature that you read where people would have these articulate, um, calm, healthy discussions and using that rich language to describe their point of view. And and, uh, I don't know, everything's so divisive now and and it's just you versus me and that's it. And it's really unfortunate. The last time I had a reasonable political debate with someone on the opposite side of the aisle – opposite politically for me, was with Jay Curtis. Jay, I, I'm a, a, a very, oh, according to Americans, I'm a socialist communist, but I'm, I'm fairly left-wing. And Jay is slightly right-wing. He's not, he's not an insane Republican type person, but he is conservative fiscally and socially and those kind of things. But he's not unreasonable either. He understands both sides. And he and I would have great, wonderful debates about things, about points of views and why we believe the things we believed. Perfectly um, uh, calm, over beers, it was, it was great. There's three things I would say to uh, Jason Painter down there in Sydney. And one of them is something that has taken me a very, very long time to realize. And it is, friendship doesn't have to last forever. No, I was going to say, sometimes you need to move on from people. Some friends... Mm-hmm are in your life for that period of time, mm-hmm. and then they go. Yes, and that's okay. You have a friend like that that you've described to me. We don't want to say her well, name. I've but had many. I've had a few where I've gone, it's time to move on. I love my friend, but my friend, is, is this isn't serving me anymore, yep. nor yep. them, I suppose. This is the first time this has happened to me on uh, Facebook. A lot of folks complain about Facebook and they have that crazy uncle or the... the, 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 the did my mic... Okay. The... Uh, the uh, uh, ridiculous politically minded person and I've, I'm lucky enough for me the people I follow on Facebook haven't been that way except for this one person I found out about eight months ago is a and I did not I never would have guessed this we've had discussions politically and I knew that they were conservative but they are a fervent Trump supporter they 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 love Donald Trump and think that he's great and he's th- that kind of person and nothing and I don't I haven't gotten into the conversation with them on Facebook but I've seen their posts and I've seen their responses to other people and nothing that anyone will say facts or otherwise is, are going to change their mind so I unfollowed them on Facebook and a couple of weeks ago I got a message from them that said hey we're in town this weekend we're in Vancouver we're going on a Alaska cruise. And I said to them, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I, I, I can't make it. Because I realized that friendship is over. Yes. I just don't want to. And that it's okay. I don't want to have that person in my life. Mm-hmm. It's not that we're going to get together over beers and discuss Donald Trump. It's that I don't like your viewpoint. I don't want to 
expose myself to your viewpoint. And I don't want to get into an argument with you over it. So that's one thing, Jason, maybe you can think about is, is this friendship, has, has it run its course? You've been friends since 2003. Has it run its course? Maybe it has. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't, and you still want to be friends with the person, then you've got to do that thing that we always say here on Don't Listen to Us. You've got to step up and say something. You say to the person, we are not going to discuss Apple. Because you can't have a reasonable discussion with this person, Jason. According to what you've you've written to me, to us, this person is completely unreasonable. I mean, anyone who thinks Tim Cook has to go is completely unreasonable. The valuation of Apple has increased more since Tim Cook has been CEO of the company than it did during Steve Jobs. All right? They are selling more products. They are worth more. The stock price is higher. The, in every measurable way, Tim Cook has been better for Apple than Steve Jobs was. In, except in the image. Steve Jobs was a god among men, according to some of these people. And he could do no wrong. He walked on water. He, he turned water into wine. He was spectacular. And Tim Cook is an average, everyday guy. Some folks are, have issues with Tim Cook's sexuality. And that's fine. You can have those issues. But you cannot say that Tim Cook is a bad CEO for Apple. He's done an amazing job for, for Apple. So if someone thinks that Tim Cook has to go, then that person's just silly. That's just dumb. You're not, you're not being reasonable with that regard. You can have issue with the products Apple is releasing that you don't like them. That's fine. They're too expensive. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Depends on your point of view. But yeah, I think they're very, very expensive products. <clears throat> I can't afford them. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if, if I can't afford it, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Which generally means McDonald's is expensive. <laughs> um, so maybe that's the issue. If your friend says he can get an Android phone at a fraction of cost, then go get an Android phone. It, it doesn't doesn't matter. So you have to tell your friend that we cannot have this discussion anymore. We're just we're not going to talk about Apple anymore. I like you as a friend. I value your friendship, but these arguments we're having are so hurtful and divisive to me that I'm, I'm I might have to stop being friends with you and let them decide whether they want to continue. They'll tell you how much your friendship means to them because if you say that to them and they say anything other than "Oh, dude, I'm sorry," okay, fine, we won't talk about Apple. If he says anything like, yeah, but uh, Tim Cook is it, then you know where the value of your friendship to him lies. And you have to say to yourself, we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, Because life's too short, and this is something that takes years of living experience. Life's too short to have people in your life that make you unhappy. It's true. And it doesn't matter who those people are, whether they're family or friends or political acquaintances. If mm-hmm. they make you unhappy, then you've got to get them out of your That's life. That's right. That's right. So, uh, sorry you're having that issue, Jason. Uh, let us know. Uh, what, well, hopefully what you... they're mature enough to to come to to Jason's point of view yes. in terms of you know what? Let's not go there. Exactly. Let's just be together as friends, and we won't go there. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous to break a friendship up over Apple, anyways. I agree. Uh, John Kalon in Alberta, Canada. I will take exception to the transit handhold hand washing comment from Melissa. I'm a daily compu- commuter on transit. Haven't been sick for years. And I have no issue holding onto bars, handholds, and the door opening buttons. These services are typically clean on a daily basis, but I understand the fact that, that, that many people have touched those things in the hours prior. If you had more exposure to the germs, your immune system could stand up to the little nasties. <laughs> I'm always said a little dirt wouldn't kill you. Didn't yours? As the menus, the family may also have had a ritual at home where the parents said to everyone, go wash up before dinner on a daily basis, and that just carries over into restaurants. Well... 
John, I don't know if you've been um, following along, but you said if you had more exposure to the germs, your immune system could stand up. Melissa works in the school system. You just spent the last week with the little darlings. Oh, I've got another many, many, many days of kindergartner day um, after kindergartner coming at me, sucking on the pencils, <laughs> <clears throat> picking their nose, <laughs> their little ger- so No, no, I, I get it. And I'm happy that John hasn't been sick for so long. But when I first started working with children, especially in the school system, I was sicker than I'd ever been in mm-hmm. my life because yep. I was just exposed to all that all the time. Now, I have to say now I am much stronger in, with that. But isn't, wouldn't that be because you are more aware of it? You wash your hands more frequently and that kind of stuff? Oh, because since working with children, yeah. it was always a wash your hands, wash your hands. And we were given the alcohol lotion yes. always to have in our cars with us and things like that no i guess it became it's from working in healthcare, mm-hmm. and so of course when i'm on public transit which is very rare which is probably why i'm like that this when i do touch bars and i just think ooh, there's so many and i don't i'm I, I don't mean to say that people are dirty that take public transit please don't think that it's just people's hands no. and where where all the germs gather is is where i get the heebie-jeebies we used to go to macworld expo every uh, <coughs> six months new york and san francisco and it became very clear that Going to Macro Expo the week after, a certain percentage of people, myself included, would get what we called the Expo Creeping Crud. You would just feel like shit for a week after you went to Macro Expo. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Me, Sly, Jay, all of us. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that that was going to happen. And at first, we didn't really pay much attention to it. And then we started thinking, wait a minute, I got sick last year this time. I got sick six months ago this time. Every year, six months, I, get, I, I, I would get sick. And then one year, we ma- I made a concerted effort to use the hand wipe stuff mm-hmm. to um, make sure that I washed my hands on a regular basis and didn't get the creeping crud that, mm-hmm. that year. Makes a difference. So it doesn't. It's not a matter of well. It's a matter of I think everyone's immune system is different. We all have stronger or weaker depending on who it is. And John, maybe your immune system is stronger than mine and or, or Melissa's, and, and you can go on That's public great. transit and, without any problems. Um, and you may have built up an immune system to um, immunity to it because of frequent exposure to it, where we haven't been. You know, yeah, we haven't ridden public transit on a daily basis, so yeah. everyone's different. I, everyone's I, different. I can't say but yes or I'm no. I'm thinking if you're from Alberta, maybe everybody has gloves on. No, <laughs> just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. But I'm glad that you're strong and, and healthy and not getting sick. It's great. How can I stop my coworker from inviting other people to lunch, even though I ignore her constantly? <laughs> what was the headline? Igno- at, at my job, I get a half-hour lunch break, and I usually eat it with one of my coworker friends, Anne. In the past, it's usually just been me and Anne eating together by ourselves. I like to use this lunch break to catch up on a mobile game I like to play. The game relaxes me and soothes my anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's my only chance to indulge during the workday. Anne does not seem to like this and usually tries to talk to me while I'm playing. I'll reply sometimes, but I usually prefer to wait until I'm done to have any conversation, which Anne seems to resent. Recently, Anne has started inviting other coworkers to eat with us. Oh, no. And talks to them, uh. which I find annoying. <laughs> These people aren't my friends. I wouldn't have invited them. How do I talk to Anne about this? Are you shitting me? Oh, my God. Just go into a corner by yourself and play your little game. It's fine. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> 
No, you you go, you find a quiet corner or you leave and you go somewhere where you can just have that time. And I get it. I totally get wanting to have that time to yourself. But if you don't do it in the public area where everybody else is going to have lunch and if you want to have that time. I want to I want to have privacy in this public area. Yeah. No. She's inviting other people. I'm like, God, I have to talk to her about this. I don't want those other people around me. We'll go somewhere else. I don't want to talk to Anne, but Anne shouldn't talk to anybody else. <laughs> That's right. Anne, just sit there and shut up. <laughs> Silly. This is the kind of person that just, are you this tone deaf? Are you this self-centered and stupid you can't see when you write this. You should have written this letter and gone, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I sound like a real fucking idiot, don't yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> like, go in. I, but solve it. You know, solve it yourself as you write it. Yeah, how do I talk to Anne about this? You don't. <laughs> you don't want to talk to Anne, exactly. remember? <laughs> exactly. Anne is not your friend at lunchtime. Go sit somewhere else. <gasps> Jesus. This is not rocket science, people. Just go sit somewhere else. Saw the story on uh, mental floss. The most fun cities in America ranked. Now, you've traveled not extensively through the U.S., but in a few places. No, I was in, never in the interested US. in the U.S., yeah. Sorry. Oh, I great. Mean, Thanks. I sorry. Send your hate mail to Melissa. Oh, and- my God. I'm sorry. I just. I'm sorry. I have traveled in the U.S., everybody. I've been to um, New York State. Wait, 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 I've been wait, wait, to Vermont. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, this, let me read the list. All right. Sorry, me. everybody. I don't mean to say I wasn't. I just I did. I didn't end up there. Let's put it that way. Oh my God. Accounting for all the factors, these are the most fun cities in America, according to this particular data set. Number one, can you guess what the most fun city in America would be? New York. No, New York is number three. The most fun city in America. Yes. I'd be willing to bet the vast majority of our American listening audience is now yelling the name of this city right now. I don't know. Las Vegas. Oh, well, I have no interest in going to Las Vegas whatsoever. Which is really interesting because I love Vegas because of its weirdness. Mm-hmm. Vegas is a very weird, I like to gamble, but I'm, I'm not a heavy gambler. I don't gamble when I mean, we buy lottery tickets. Do we ever cash in those lottery tickets? Mm-mm. We could be millionaires and not have to do this shit anymore. Sweetheart, we're not millionaires. Um, well, occasionally, once every six months, I'll throw 10 bucks to get lottery tickets or scratch tickets for... You. You're talking about the scratchy ones? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. No, we didn't do that yesterday. Um, but I'm, I'm not a gambler outside of gambling areas. And even when I do have gone to Vegas, I control my gambling. I've got 100 bucks or 200 bucks, whatever it is, and I'll, I'll blow that gambling. I know I'm going to lose it. I, I know it's the equivalent of flushing it down the toilet, but I'm going to have fun doing it. I'm going to play games I'm going to have fun doing. So I like gambling, but I'm not a gambler. See what I mean? But I love Vegas because it just the, the the weird factor is so high in Vegas. Um, the 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 lights, the the security, the layout of the casinos, the games, the people, all of it is just fascinating to me. That's why I find Vegas fun, not for the gambling aspect of it. Number no, two, I have no urge to go there whatsoever, and I never will. No, no, you you won't. Number two, most fun city in America, Orlando, Florida. That's because of Disney World. Oh, Disney World. Okay, yeah. Why do you screw your face up for, for Disney World? You don't want to go to Disney World either? No. What the hell's wrong with you? Keep going. <laughs> Why don't you want to go to Disney World? Because I don't want to go to Disney World. Why not? Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald and... Keep going. New York is number three. Wait, do you have an issue with Disney? Oh, my goodness. I just don't want to go to Disney World. Why do you have a problem with Mickey Mouse? What is wrong with you? I don't want to be grilled about Mickey Mouse. Is this an Australian thing? No. Are you, are you afraid of mice? No. 
Well, little the real <laughs> ones. The real ones. Sort I, of. I, 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 I've been to Orlando. It's an awful town. Uh, awful, awful town. I don't want to go to Florida. I've been to Florida, by the way. Uh, New York, number three. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to New York, yeah, New York but I won't New- be doing that. New York is, is to me, as fun as Vegas, just in a whole different way. Completely different way. Uh, number four, Atlanta, Georgia. I've been, to, I've been to Atlanta. I don't. There are fun things to do in Atlanta, but I don't think of it as a overall fun city. Not at the La Vegas, New York level. I would think San Francisco would be in the top one. But number anyway. eight. Oh, I would have put San Francisco higher than than that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, number five, a town I've never been, but you have Miami, Florida. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't. Okay. We should be doing videos. Are you forced to see the look in her face when I said the word Miami? It's like it's like I just farted on her. <laughs> you don't like Miami either. Well, I mean, everybody's experience is different. It's not what so I asked. There you I said, go. You don't like I Miami? didn't. I hated <laughs> Miami. I couldn't wait to get out of it. Really? Anyway, so yeah. Okay. Uh, Chicago, Illinois. Never been. Okay. I don't know if it's fun. I've always wanted to go to a baseball game in Chicago, but. Otherwise, Chicago had, has never had a, a pull, a draw to me, unlike New York and San Francisco and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland, Oregon. Used to live there. Mm-hmm. I would not well, call it a fun town. Okay, so give me your Portland, Oregon is fun face. Like, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, okay. It's full of hipsters. It's just, it's just... Sean hates Portland, Oregon. Hate is too strong a word. I, I, I like the area. It's the people of Portland that pissed me off. <laughs> Not only the hipsters who are annoying just because they're hipsters, but this weird attitude of people in Portland. Portland has the Willamette River running down the center of it, and there are bridges. So north to south is the Willamette River. Portland's not a big city. It's half a million people. The Willamette River is running north-south, and then there are bridges that bisect the city across the river uh, east-west. So there are, you think of Portland, there are four quadrants. There's the, the you know the northwest, the, the southwest, the northeast, and this and the southeast. And people in Portland generally will not cross into other quadrants. Hmm. Like I I would try to get dates with people to to do uh, um, events like, like gatherings. I don't mean date as in man woman date, but like getting a bunch of um, people I knew in Portland to to, to come together for a, a meetup kind of thing. And they would say, "No, I'm not. I, I, I don't." And go. I go to that quadrant. I don't go to that area of Portland. Why is it? I was like, "Is it dangerous?" No, I just don't cross the river. <laughs> Why not? I didn't ask you to swim across it. Oh, I don't take a boat across it. Just drive. Oh, it's too far to drive. It's twenty minutes. Hmm. It was so. The people of Portland just annoyed the shit out of me. But uh, the, the city itself was very pretty. Yes, um, I think so too. The other problem I have with Portland, and this is the problem I have with all <coughs> East Coast, uh, West Coast cities, there's no sense of history. And nothing's older than 1902 kind of thing. Same with Vancouver. The same issue with, with Vancouver. I have this, because I'm, I'm, I'm from Halifax, is a 400-year-old city. I like places that have a sense of history. It's one of the problems I'm going to have in Australia. No, you won't care about it after a while. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, New Orleans. Oh, I would agree with that. I think my mother went there and just that was her favorite place of all time. New Orleans is, the problem with New Orleans is it's only fun if you drink. 
Oh, my, for my mother, she was a musician. Oh, okay. So she yes. loved the music yes. and the bars where she could, she loved it. Same with Memphis. Memphis is, uh, Beale Street in Memphis, you don't want to go anywhere else in Memphis but but the downtown core because it's oh. dangerous otherwise. Same with New Orleans. You don't want to go outside the downtown core of New Orleans because it's, it's dangerous. And then last on the list is San Diego. Hmm. Okay. Which for uh, outdoorsy, watery, beachy type hmm. things, San hmm. Diego is a, is a very fun, very fun city. Hmm. I'm the no soda mom. Died or not, it's all terrible for you. I've been holding firm on this since our oldest was born. My husband has always thought I'm ridiculous. But it hasn't come up a lot until recently when my daughter came back from play date with a ring of orange around her mouth with this orange crush. <laughs> I immediately called the hosting parents and told them in no uncertain terms that my children were not to be given soda ever. And I'd appreciate a call next time before offering them a questionable food product. My husband thinks I sounded crazy and like a jerk. <laughs> but I'm a dental hygienist and the science is on my side. And this is really important to me. Is a soda ban really so beyond the pale? Will I be seen as that mom? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're not seen it. You are. You are that mom. No, I'm no, no, not. No, stop. She is that mom, but that's not a bad thing. It's not. Like, I, I mean, I do. I... My children were not brought up on what you got. What do they call America's soda? soda. Yeah. No, no, nothing. Never. My my sons drink water. They always took water to school. Um, my other, my oldest, drank milk. Not a lot of juice. Hardly any juice. Rory's much more of a juice drinker, yeah. but he only takes water to school. But maybe once or twice a year, like if we went to a restaurant, I'd say to my, especially Damon, my firstborn. What would you like to drink? And he'd say, "Can I have a glass of Seven Up, Mum?" And I go, "Absolutely!" And that was his big <laughs> no. treat. And they can rarely finish it. Yes. He could rarely finish it. But I would never, if he had gone to a party and come home with an orange ring around his mouth, I wouldn't have worried about it because at home it wasn't a thing, and he never took it on. It was just this bit like a treat, like <gasps> I had, you know, I had soda. But that's different than this story. This is a woman who has banned soda. Her children are not allowed to drink soda at all, anywhere, at any time. Yes. Well, no, I, I... So the thing, though, is, and this is, again, we talk about this on a regular basis, you have to take responsibility. If you're going to send your children to other people's homes, you have to tell, and you have strict rules, dietary or otherwise, you have to tell the parents this. Yeah, you do. You can't expect the other parent to know, wait, what if your kid had a peanut allergy? You would have told the other parent about the peanut allergy, oh, right? Very much so. So... Think of it that way. Think of this as a soda allergy. Mm. You just simply say, hey, and by the way, little Susie, we're, we don't allow her to drink soda. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, yeah. No problem. But see, I would never have wanted my child to be the one that was like, if there wasn't an allergy or some, ugh, if they had, because uh, they've got be both got beautiful teeth. Like no. if I was really worried about something, I would have said it. But otherwise, if they had that at a part, big deal. I don't want them to be left out. I mean, it was fun to have uh, soda. No, left out is different. That's uh, You're not being left out. If you're no, sitting in a kid's house and, and everyone else has soda and you have water, you're not being uh, left no. out. A child feels that though. Uh, Little fair, ones, fair that's why it's yeah. hard in a kindergarten class room to say, you know, Johnny, you're going to do this and everybody will go, but I want to do that. That's just the nature of children. So they like to have a universal experience. Yeah. I know my, my stepmom uh, would not allow the schools that my baby sister Melanie went to, to let Melanie participate in any um, 
cultural tradition, shall we say. Uh, she wasn't allowed to participate in anything in Halloween. And my, is she Seventh-day Adventist? No, uh, she's Pentecostal. Oh, yeah. I've seen kids. Uh, no, yeah. no Valentines, no oh, Easter, yeah, yeah, none yeah. of that stuff. Oh, yeah. The uh, kids at schools that are Seventh-day Adventists. I used to go to a classroom and wonder why this one kid was always sitting oh, outside. No. I think, why, why is he out there? And the teacher, instead of... Uh, you know, maybe adjusting things if they were having Easter celebrations or birthdays or whatever, he she'd put him in the hall. Yeah, and you know that's kind of sad. And that's but, that's ostracizing the kids too. But that's the fa- that's a that's a family. Well, that's a religion. Yeah. That's that that's yeah. a little bit different, I think. But uh, it it does what you say. It ostracizes the, the kid. The kid is looked on as different. And they'll be like, "Why aren't you?" He's one of the strange kids. Yes. Not the kid's fault. It's the mom's fault. Not for for, you, for making you strange. And dad, not the and mom. Dad, yeah. yeah. Um, but I understand why my stepmother did that. It was in line with her religious beliefs. Right. But it put an undue burden or pressure on my little sister. And we're on top of this. I'm, I'm making assumptions. Uh, pressure on my little sister to report herself as being different. You know, yes. not, I don't mean overtly, but the kids obviously knew that little Melanie sitting over there not drawing Halloween pumpkins is different from the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, And little kids, gr- grade one, two, three, four, five, they don't really get that. They just think you're the strange kid. Yeah, but you know, more and more now in schools, they should be they they're promoting differentness. I mean, there's kids True. come into school with fluid sexuality and mm. things like that, so they they have to talk about it. But pop or soda, whatever you call it, yeah. I think she's just being a bit hardcore, or like you say, she's not managing her desires for her children well enough. Like this is, she can come to the party, but please don't yeah. give her pop. We don't right. do that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband of over 30 years is a great person, successful, well-educated. I love him dearly, except for one annoying thing. <laughs> he draws on people's photos in magazines and newspapers. Oh, he does the mustaches and <laughs> stuff and the scars. I used Almost to do that. Almost daily, for a few minutes after breakfast or dinner, he'll draw mustaches, knocked-out teeth, facial hair and blemishes in the faces oh. of the people in the photos. Most of the time, these are models or unknown people, both male and female. He only does it at the table and throws the photos away right away. I've asked and asked why he does such a childish and immature thing. He says that it's funny, but that more so it releases stress. I agree. It does have a very stressful job. What I want to know is this. Am I being overly critical or is this just stupid? Oh, for heaven's sake, let him do what he likes. <laughs> Leave him alone. The correct answer is both. You're being overly critical and it is stupid. Oh, but it's such harmless cares? stupidity. I used to do that all the time. Yeah, but how old were you? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, I see people, um, you know, I could mention many, many different things, but I see adults relieving <laughs> stress in many, many odd ways. I think that's pretty harmless. It really is. It utterly is. It's, um, it's interesting because I don't get, well, I'd probably do it if, if I'd probably still do it. And if I looked through the newspaper and had a pen in my hand, I would probably you still, still would? do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why this would upset you in the slightest. It makes no difference. Oh, my gosh. You know, if he did it before you had a chance to read the magazine, that might piss you off. Okay. But if he does it afterwards and throws it away, he does it for a couple minutes after dinner or breakfast. This is another one that while she was typing it, did she not realize how silly (laughs) she was to answer her own question? To send this off to an advice columnist. Okay. 
Yes, you're being overcritical. Yes, it's stupid. Move on. You have a wonderful husband. Exactly. Let it go. There's much more serious. I can't believe that is her serious issue with him. Good for you. You have a great marriage. Oh, there you go. Oh, God. Some people. How would you react to this? Um, a quirky new initiative launched in Ajman, I think it's Turkey, will see officials ensure that customers are happy about their services, literally. After a, after a transaction at the Public Transport Corporation, while exiting, clients would need to smile to activate the sensor that slides the door open. Oh, my God. You just smile at the door for it to open. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Yeah, but no, wait. If a customer does not smile, indicating their dysfaction, executives at the center would assist him or her to resolve the issue. <laughs> Uh, whoa, what is that, an intervention? Exactly. Quick, come in here, sit down. Okay, why? Now, what's your problem? Right. Smile. <laughs> Pull your cheeks apart. What a bizarre thing to do. My goodness. I feel I, my, I instantly go to, what if you suffer from depression? Exactly. And smiling really hurts, or you're literally feeling like it's impossible. It's none of your goddamn business if I smile or not. I like the concept. No, it's a bad concept. It's, I it's like governmental it. interference in your personal life. Fine, I still like it. I no, you smiling shouldn't like is important. it. Don't tell me that I shouldn't <laughs> like it. I think... That, and there is research that shows that if people smile, that it actually releases, you know, certain uh, chemicals and that you actually might feel better at least momentarily. How would you like it if you're walking down the street, mind your own business, you're thinking about your life, you're walking down the street, some guy walks towards you and says, you should smile. I could feel, I could feel like, oh, well, he wants me to smile and I might just smile. See, a lot of women, and I'm going to get emails on this, dltu at yml.me. Please tell Melissa why she is, <sighs> I'm trying to find the right word for it. Mistaken is the wrong word, but perhaps misinformed. One of the issues with this is, and this happens a lot, don't... <laughs> Wow, we were doing this on video. I am not misinformed. I can react however I like to somebody saying you should smile. There is an issue nowadays of uh, men telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. These days? That's happened all the time. Yes, okay, Come fair, on. fair enough. But one of the issues is men thinking they have the right to tell women to smile. I don't know what you're talking about. So a guy's walk down the street and sees you and tells you to smile, that should make, shouldn't make you feel good that this mm -hmm. man is trying to tell you what to do. This complete stranger is trying to tell you what to do. How about if someone said, you'd be prettier if you smiled? I, this is my anti-feminist side coming out. It's absolute bullshit. Yeah, it's I gone disagree. too far. No. And you, you sometimes take it too far. You really do. It's like, and I'm a woman. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, you know, give it up, everybody. Relax. I saw a tweet um, a couple of days ago from a famous model who said that she rarely smiles in her photos because she, when she was a little, a little girl, six years old, someone told her she had an ugly smile. She's now in her mid-30s. Hmm? My grandmother and said she things. Smile. My grandmother said things to me that I still think about. And she's a woman. She wasn't a man. She was a woman. 
could be a man, could be a woman, it doesn't matter. Let's stop telling people what to do with their bodies. Okay. Telling a man to sm- telling a woman, mm-hmm. telling a person to smile is telling you what to do with your body. Well, I think it would be different if they had something there that might elicit a smile, like a pretty little they funny do. baby laugh or, or a gorgeous child interacting with a dog. They, have a, they do. They have a great big, huge smiley face on the door. It's like three feet across. Well, maybe they could put smile if you choose to. There, how's that? Maybe they just open the fucking door and let me out. Maybe they could do that too. <laughs> maybe you could stand there and go, open the fucking door. You could do that too. That would help. No, the, the, it's just, the, the it's problem? trying to bring on ch- joyfulness and, and cheerfulness. Yes, you know, in a forced manner. And that's the problem. Well, when, I don't when, like the, the forced piece. Exactly. See, yeah. this is the thing that, that, that I don't like either. Yeah. The, the, I know it sounds extreme and, and I'm taking it to the extreme level, but it's the government telling you what to do with your personal life. We're not letting you out of this government building until you do what we tell you to do. Maybe it's smile today. Maybe tomorrow it's hold up four fingers. Maybe it's hop on one foot. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe it's give us $100. Mm-hmm. Not letting you out of the building until, no, mind your own damn business. I came here to do business with the government in whichever reason I'm, I'm here for. I'm either satisfied or not satisfied. But when I leave, you let me leave. I can see an encouragement. <laughs> no, just open the damn door. Okay. <laughs> You think I'm too extreme on this? I just, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man telling a woman something that suddenly puts her off for the rest of her life. It can be their mother. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's I, just, yes. it doesn't need to be always a scenario where a man is telling a woman to do this. There are lots of, women do damage to women as well. I completely agree. So it's just, you know, let's get over the sexist part of it and let's just look at people. I'm talking in this regard, the government. Yes, I totally understand. But there was another issue that came up in that conversation. And to me, it's not about men and women all the time. It's about people and people. And I get pissed off because I find that women lately are starting to whine and it bothers me. How about this? People shouldn't tell other people what to do with their bodies. Okay, thank you. That's better. Sure. Unless you're teaching them in a yoga class or something. You know I'm a big fan of words. And, yes. And, and the <laughs> you, I said yes. You don't say that with the joy in your voice I was expecting. Yes. <laughs> I know that you're a big fan of so words. This is me telling you what to do, and you should be against that. Um, yes. We don't think about words enough. We don't think about the power of words, going back to what we just were talking about. The mm. power of words and, and the effect of words and how important words are in communication. Mm-hmm. I will often get confused in discussions or arguments with with people when they use the wrong word. They think they're using the word properly, but I know the correct definition. And when they use it, I go, what? Mm. Well, you do that with me. I do it with you. Mm -hmm. And it confuses me. It's like, did you actually mean that? Mm Because that doesn't. Yes. One of the things that always fascinates me, we have many words in the English language that are always plural. They have no singular notion. We have... An orange and oranges, right? We have a microphone and microphones, mm-hmm. but we don't have a scissor. It's always scissors. Right. Scissors are always plural. Right. So this thing is single or pants. Well, the interesting thing is it's a pair of scissors. It's not two, it's yes, one. Yes, that's the other thing too, yes. And same with pants. A pair of pants. A pair of pants. 
pants is plural, mm-hmm. but we always almost always it must say be that. the two, the two like two, the two legs, legs and two handles on scissors. Yep. Yeah, huh. well, we, same with goggles. Yeah, two we, eyes like there's two, yeah. you know, eye bits. We don't have one goggle. No. Um, clothes. We don't have a clothe. Clothing, clothes. Hmm. Um, jitters. You don't have a jitter. <laughs> Sometimes I do. I've got the jitter. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or or or. Um, we well, don't ever have a jitter on its own. Yeah, exactly. There's you no have a bunch a single, of jitters. That's right. You, you, no one's ever had one. What was that? Oh, oh a jitter. <laughs> like that's a shudder. It's a shudder. It's a shudder. Exactly. <laughs> um, shenanigans. There's always more than one shenanigan. Are you up to shenanigans? Yeah, it's always is plural. Okay. Um, suds. <laughs> because one well, sud. There's never one sud. One sud would that's be, a bubble. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's just silly. One, one sud would just be a bubble. <laughs> you need multiple bubbles For to make suds. suds. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> That was a bit silly. Well, this whole show is silly. <laughs> Come on now. Um, what, what about the idea that words are the, words that are their own opposite? Okay. Uh, for example, uh, dust. There's the thing that falls. Yes, and then there's, there's dust the on the cupboard. Of getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. The dust. Mm-hmm. Um, left. I left that here, yes. or I left here. Or I'm going to go left. Or, or go left. But, but in this case, I can yes. leave something behind or I can remove, I, I can leave. So the, the, this is what English language English is, is so difficult, stupid. isn't it? It's such a stupid language many, many times. <laughs> um, you can um, stone. So you can stone some peaches. Yeah. Right? You're taking, taking Take stones. This, yes, out, yes. Or you can stone a human being. Oh, that's an awful one. I don't like that or one. Or seed can go either way. You can seed, seed the your, ground, seed the ground, or, or you can seed a tomato. Okay, you take the seeds out. Okay. I feel sore of people who who are ESL who have to take English as a second language because it's just it's just a bizarre, weird language. I wonder if other languages are like that. I've never learned another language. French when I was in school, but I don't really remember much of it. I don't know if there were words like this. In, I think English is quite difficult to learn. I th- I've heard it's the, the second most difficult behind mm. Chinese. I think we have a lot of extra words, too, that aren't necessarily needed. I think it's a very... What you, what like, you if you, well, if you talk or if you write, like if I write something, I'll on, and which I have to do a lot, I'll often go back and go, need all those words. Like I'm often deleting a lot of words these days from things that I write. Yes. That is definitely something that makes you a better writer is is going back and and reading things and um like I said, pulling words out. Mm. I have so many extra words that I don't need. I think part of it, and this is at least for me, it comes from High school and college. This has to be a thousand word essay. I'm just going to throw a shitload of words in there. I'm just going to yeah, use a whole bunch of unnecessary. Like, yeah. You don't, you don't have to do that anymore. Even that sentence right there. I have so many extra words. Why did I put so? I have many. <laughs> or I have extra words that I do not need. I don't. I just don't need those words. Just stop <laughs> using those words. Remember, remember that line in uh, Mozart? It has too many notes. It has too many notes. Just take some of the notes out. <laughs> I, I just cracked me up that, mm. that someone would think, someone who 
obviously knows nothing about music who thinks just there's just too many notes. <laughs> yeah. just, just pull some. Delete a few. Hmm. Um, this is a very funny story I read uh, earlier. Uh, uh, group funded by a politician's ex-wife helped defeat him. Oh, <laughs> there's all sorts of underhanded things going on in the political world, isn't there? Political Action Committee was formed and had one contributor. It was the guy's wife, his ex-wife. Oh, his ex-wife. And the Political Action Committee used the funds that she donated to run ads to defeat him in the election. Well, that was her intention, correct? Right. Yeah. Huh. That's one way for because an ex-wife you, to, you know. You, you, she couldn't do the ads herself, oh. so she had to do it through the Political Action Committee. And there's a story uh, popped up this weekend of this guy in Arizona whose six of of his nine siblings have run this ad, basically slamming his ass, saying he's yeah. a shitty politician, that he's a Nazi, that he hates women. Yeah. Can you? How badly did you piss off your brothers and sisters? I know, right? Like I'm, tr- I thought about that after, and it's pretty wild story. It really is. But I thought. I hope they all come together for Christmas and just put all that aside. Not or I a hope, chance. but th- but that's what I mean. That is so sad. It's that it comes back to that accepting differences and moving on from like, well, you know, they're not going to come to the Christmas table with their turkey and start talking politics. That's yeah. for sure. Oh God, yes, they will. But I'm I'm but I'm saying they shouldn't. Or if they do, perhaps it's just going out onto the deck as siblings and sitting down with a drink and having a, a healthy discussion. But they can't. Look what they've done. I mean, they've completely slammed the guy. This is – it's two sides of the same coin, this idea that we, we said off the, off the top. We can't have civil discussion anymore. But it's also – there was this great line that, that um, tolerance – in order to have tolerance, we have to be intolerant of the intolerant. It's kind of a weird idea. Tolerance taken too far. If you tolerate too many things, you end up tolerating what's intolerant. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you end up taking that to its logical extreme. You end up tolerating Nazis. You're ending up tolerating racists because mm-hmm. I'm being tolerant. Mm-hmm. And they have their own viewpoint, their own opinions. No, screw that. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Or yes, they well, do. Yes, they but do. But screw them. Yeah. So at some point, you've got to be intolerant of things that, for lack of a better way of describing them, don't meet the community standards. And that's what these brothers and sisters are doing. They've stood up and are saying, we are intolerant of our brothers' beliefs because they're extreme. They're outside our belief system as brothers or Z six brothers and sisters. Mm. And it just so happens. This is if, if, if he wasn't running for public office, this would just be a family fight over a Turkey differences and Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But he has set himself up as a public figure. Mm. And as a public figure, you are therefore open to have your beliefs criticized by the public. Yes. And his brothers and sisters are the public. And they feel that his beliefs are so extreme and so damaging to the community that they all live in that they need to step up and, and say something. Mm-hmm. No, it's an interesting thing that's happened. The very funny part of it is, is his response is exactly what you would think would be from an a-hole. Yeah, he's calling them. What is he calling them? Oh, Hillary supporters and, and, and they hate Donald Trump and all the usual stuff. But if if you've got seven people in a room... And six of them 
really dislike one of them, maybe the one should take a look at themselves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and figure out why your six brothers and sisters don't like you, dude. Well, I just was thinking as a family, how did he end up like that? Because I was saying, you know how I said, well, politics is in people's DNA. They sort of get passed down. And it just makes you wonder, well, what has been his experience in amongst these six six siblings, did you say? He's at nine siblings. Sorry, there are nine siblings. Nine siblings. And he's the one that has decided that. Wow. I mean, he's just out there compared to them. And, and what about the mum and the dad? Where did it all come from? It's fascinating. So basically, let's exclude the two that haven't stepped forward. You've got one very right, at least according to the six of them, very right-wing person. Mm-hmm. And then six left-wing. I don't know if they're very left-wing or I don't know their politics at all. Certainly they're left-wing. How does that happen? Yeah, you're right. Because most of the time politics is handed down from... And my dad was a staunch Republican, and I'm going to be a staunch Republican. That sort of thing. Or you go the exact opposite of your parents, just out of spite. Okay. But to be a Nazi, to be so interesting. Are you you the same as your parents politically? Well, it wasn't something that – oh, I think so. Yes, yes. If I think about mum and who she was, and I don't know about my father. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I think I'm very much like my mother politically. My dad is probably a little more – Conservative, but still here in Canada, left wing. He'd still be described as left wing to Americans. To America, yeah. He'd be conservative to Canadians, <clears throat> but he'd still be a socialist to. <laughs> yeah, in- to uh, that's interesting, isn't it? It's always funny to to see how that 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 political spectrum is um, looked at. The scientists will 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 show you this on a on a a chart on a on a line, and even a right wing Canadian generally would be considered very left-wing in America mm-hmm. because we have got very um, set-in-stone so- um, viewpoints as Canadians when it comes to health care and um, taking care of people and the welfare state and social safety net and that kind of stuff. Mm. Those things are they're what the Americans call the third rail. You yes. generally don't touch those things as a politician. You, you're generally to the left. Well, of it puts those. everybody more left in general yes. because of that. It's the same in Australia yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I think it's the same in most. If you British. have a universality of healthcare yes. and taking care of, and I mean, even though it's still lacking, yeah, it is. It is. It's not <laughs> I got to say, it's not, it's not perfect, perfect, but it's the concept. I've always described um, the differences between Canadians and Americans to Americans as, and the, and. Neither of these viewpoints are good and bad in and of themselves, but Canadians in general are more concerned with the common good than the individual good. Yes. And Americans are the other way around. Yes, the very individualist individualism is again, big in America. That's not bad or good on either side. They all have their pluses and their minuses. Yes. One of the things I've always told told Americans is that companies like Apple and Yahoo and Google would never have started in Canada. Because that idea of one guy working hard in his basement mm-hmm. and and driving this stuff forward doesn't happen that much in Canada. It doesn't. Certainly not to the scale as the U.S. because of population and infrastructure mm-hmm. and we all want government support. Government red tape. Red tape and that kind of stuff. And that mentality that you need the government to help you yes. and all of that. So I love America for that reason. Yeah, me too. Because they're like that, yeah. yeah. But then the reverse is true that in Canada, if you fail for whatever reason, 
we've got more services available to you to to catch you exactly. when you fall. Whereas in America, if you think of it as a trapeze act, when you fail in America, you hit the ground. Yeah, when which, you fail in Canada, there's a net there to protect you. Hopefully, well, and that would make being in America more, you know. Um, like a bulldog, like I'm going to do this, like doing whatever it is that you can instead of because you know that the safety net isn't there. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's also why we hear so many more stories of Americans doing the proverbial pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, even though that's generally a, 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 an urban myth. But that kind of idea of someone who just worked hard, saved their money, started a business, became who they became. That doesn't happen that much in Canada, mm. not to that level or that extent, anyway. No, I think it's I think it's a lot of mythology involved in that because everyone needs support. No one's you know you hear people described as a say he's a self made man. No, there's lots of things that made that. He didn't do it all by himself. Mm. Someone built the roads he traveled to work on. Someone hired him for his first job. Someone had the bank loan him money. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Why? Why was so many of us got so pissed off at, at Donald Trump talking about how he was a self-made oh, man what, when his dad given a million dollars? When or his, something? no, no. When his dad gave him a small loan of a million dollars. Okay. My dad couldn't lend me ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So don't say this is a small, insignificant loan. When it's a million freaking dollars. Yes. And I have no problem with you making a million dollars. I have no problem with you being a millionaire. But don't describe yourself as a self-made man mm-hmm. when you're, you're standing on the shoulders of the people who came, came before you. There's no such thing as self-made anymore. No. We, um, today's a sad day for Melissa. Melissa is, and this is why you may be able to hear it in her voice, um, she's losing her yoga studio today. Yes. Her beloved yoga studio. But... The good news is, Damon's moving back. Oh, yes. No, I mean, he's my boy, right? <laughs> and I love him. And just got to, we've got to stick together as a family and you've got to support your children. So there you go. I'm grateful. Look, I have a space right there at the end of the bed that I can do my yoga. Melissa loves her little yoga studio. It's a little 10 by 10 space that she had built last uh, f- uh, summer, fall. And the intention was for Damon to live in this little, little, little love shack cabin. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, it's gorgeous yep. little space. But then when he decided to, to move out, Melissa's eyes lit up. And she thought, I can have that as my yoga space. And she put, you put up curtains and, and, and scarves. And it was a sacred space. Lovely little space for you. Yeah. And, and I really wish you could keep it. I really do. Cause Me too. I know. I know how much it meant to you. I know how much fun you had there. I know how much yoga you did in there. It's just being able to leave the house and go out there and know, okay, this is my little space. No, it's not big. It's just 10 by 10, but now... Could barely fit you and the cats. Yeah. Anyway, and I know it's hard on him, so I don't want him to... You know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do that. He already knows. He's not a silly boy. He's like, I know you're using it as your yoga studio, mom, but that's okay. Well, and the other thing is, too, is that he's going to, this is the social safety net idea. He's going to feel like he failed at something. And he didn't fail at it. It just didn't work out. It's okay. I to- Well, and the thing is, I, I told him. I said, you know, you're better off staying home. Yeah. You you know, that's what we would do. we're doing here. We're supposed to be hunkering down so we can all, you know, pay off a property and all that together. Yeah. But he, it's a lesson learned. I think one of the problems with Damon 
was that when he moved out, he found a beautiful space. It was just magic, gorgeous, magical property in the woods, a little commune kind of kind of feel to it. Uh, beautiful um, wood uh, house, the top level of a house yeah. in the woods, the towering and, pines around him, a deck, yeah. and, and that's all kinds so of land. Him. It's very it's much very him. Damon, yeah. you know. Whereas most of us, we moved out of our parents' house, we moved into a little shitty apartment somewhere, a little, little basement, dark, dingy. He was very lucky to yeah. have oh, found yeah. it, and he would have stayed there. If yeah. he could have, he would. If he but, doesn't want to leave. But if he had gotten the shitty-ass little apartment that most of us had gotten when we first started off, I remember my first apartment was a studio apartment in with, with a shared kitchen and bathroom. So oh. it was basically a room. Oh, we, and you was, had to share everything It was else. in the basement. And my room was big. It was about the size of our bedroom here. My room was big. It had a fireplace. It was, it was Oh, it was okay. Nice. nice. But you went outside the room and down a little corridor, a little hallway. And this, again, this is in the basement. And then there was the... Oh, in the corridor hallway was, was the bathroom. And the other side of the bathroom was the uh, kitchen. And the other side of the kitchen was his, one of my roommate's bedrooms. So we were on opposite sides of the house. Mm. But it was, it was actually kind of similar to the layout here. Mm-hmm. But it was a basement. It was one window at ground level, so it was dark all the time. Mm-hmm. Like constantly, constantly dark. Mm-hmm. And it was damp. It was a typical, you know, shitty little basement apartment. Oh, God. And I was so happy to get out of that place oh, eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember your first apartment? Mm. I do. The first time I ever moved out, yeah, yeah, but was in Newcastle, back home in Australia. So I got, um, I was with a boyfriend in a in a like a um, old Newcastle terrace house, mm-hmm. which are which are these little terrace houses in Australia that they're all connected by the walls and just yeah, yeah. It was so you moved out of your mom's house in with a boyfriend. Yes, you, you didn't live by yourself. Not the first time. You no tramp. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> And why is that? So, okay, now let's get down to it. It's a man calling a woman a tramp because she moved out with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You finished? You know. You're going to tell me to smile now? <laughs> I don't have to tell you to smile. All I, all, all, all I have to do is just look in your big, beautiful green eyes and make a funny face and you'll smile. I know. Yes. You, she is the easiest person to make smile and laugh in the whole world. <laughs> you absolutely, and she hates it, don't you? You <laughs> hate it. Sometimes. You hate the fact that I can make you smile. Because she'll get Sometimes. mad at me. I'm going, and don't make me smile. <laughs> Stop it. Why are you smiling like that? And then he just has to hug me or do what he does and I'm just smiling. <laughs> Crazy. I can't. Anyways. I cheat all the time. Folks, as always, we'd like to uh, get emails from you guys. Send us emails to dltu at yml.me. Appreciate it if you guys send us emails. And uh, review us on the iTunes. Go. <laughs> Do we have any reviews? No, no. No, no one's reviewing us. Oh, well. It's ups- no, no. It's upsetting. It I is upsetting. Oh, well. Because people are mean. It's okay. People are oh, mean. Oh, no. It's okay. Um. <laughs> And if 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 you're uh, we didn't talk we have, well we'll have to talk about it at, at some point. Um, if you're a photographer, it was very funny. Uh, a guy I mentioned to uh, Melissa in the past, a guy named John Gruber, has uh, posted some. You, I showed you one picture of, of Gruber, a picture that, that his wife took with the, yes. the blown highlight. Uh-huh. So he he posted a photo of the iPhone. Uh, 10, he posted a, a Flickr library of the iPhone ten as. And the iPhone XS and XS Max. 
So you can see the, the same photo side by side. Yes. A whole bunch the of one photos. of Oh, he did a bunch. Yeah. Okay. He, he's done a whole bunch. I should, I should show them to you. Remarkable difference in there the quality of the photos. The, the thing that is the funniest, though, and I wrote this in my story, I said I really wish Gruber would take my photography class. Because he's such a shitty photographer. Oh. <laughs> well, he's not actually a photographer, is exactly. he? Exactly. And this is something you and I talked about on, on Your Mac Life show, mm. is that these are the kind of comparisons I want to see. What happens when you give these phones to an average person, yeah. not like a professional photographer, like Austin Mann or, or, or Pete Sosa, and see what kind of photos they take. Yeah. And you can see the remarkable difference in I'm the two I'm surprised sets of at Apple, because they did yeah, that so YouTube I. campaign. Yep. What was it when the iPhone X was coming out? They were given like just this, that. remember the YouTube yep. kind of corny, I don't know why they did that. but the the But this shows more of how... Average people use the phone for taking average family shots as the pictures of his kids and walking around Philadelphia and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But showing them side by side, you can see the difference in very in, much in, so in, in the quality. And I'd said I'd also love it if Gruber would take my beginner digital photography class, learn how to take better images. <laughs> Gruber's a friend of mine, so I can tease him. Oh, all right. But if you look at Gruber's photos and go, "Oh yeah," I don't, I'm not going to post mine because. Come to come with us to Lisbon, March twenty third to thirtieth. We found a fantastic little hotel. You want to say the name? Do you remember? Oh, Baish Baish. Tesra da Baisha. No, not Baisha. 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 It's in uh, downtown Lisbon. It's a beautiful little hotel guest house. And we're going to hang out there for a week and you'll be able to learn how to take better pictures. If you want more information, send me an email to dltu at yml.me or go to startingpointphotography.com and get more details there. Uh, This has been Don't Listen to Us. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And we appreciate you guys being tuned in the show. See ya. Bye.